Welcome everyone to the absolutely brand new Bolt from the Blue podcast. And it's not a very happy one. Uh, you'll remember the last one that we did when we did a, a little review where we had a couple of losses, we had a win. But uh, this time, I think, uh, Bernard, I, I read somewhere that this was the first time that City had taken two uh, losses on the bounce for about eight years. Is that right? Can, can that can that be true? Is that twenty fifteen? Yeah. yeah, Premier League uh, two on the trot. Obviously, we uh, we discussed. I think we discussed the Wolves one last time, didn't we? Bolt and Bolt from the Blue. We did. We did. But uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit depressing. But it's not really, is it? It's quite amazing <laughs> in, in theory. I mean, if, you know, obviously, we've no need to panic. We've only got Brian at home next, so we won't make it three, surely. <laughs> Well, guys, let's let's start off by introducing the guys. As you know, this is the Bull from the Blue podcast, and um, our two guys are uh, Ray. First of all, Ray uh, doing absolutely amazing on his YouTube channel, which you you can check out. But um, uh, Ray, how are you doing? What what what's been going on in your world for the last couple of days? Uh, I'm all right, mate. I'm trying to recover from my my latest trip to Ireland and Northern Ireland. Um, because that's uh, it was like three thousand miles in two weeks. Now for our American, you you realise, of course, that Larner now in the semi final of the uh, County Andrum Shield. I've not looked at that, mate. You know, <laughs> I, I, at the time I was there, I'm big fish to fry. I mean, three thousand miles from our American listeners is probably you know a couple of days driving. Uh, for them, but for two weeks driving around Ireland and Northern Ireland, uh, you know, I probably averaged about five hours a day driving. So, uh, so, so you're back home, Ray. I'm back home uh, until next Friday, <laughs> and I'm off to Germany. Uh, talk about long driving. That's uh, that's about 800 miles one way that I'm I'm going to do. So that's that's going to be a bit of fun. Uh, and then uh, yeah, back for a little while. Talk about football for a little while. And n- now I'm back. There's no footy. There's no. It's, it's all international stuff. So I'm 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 back whilst the international stuff is on, and I'm going away when the football starts again. Great time. Well, guys, let's uh, let, let's also welcome our 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 number two guy, or well, equally number one guy, is Bernard Janine. He's the guy that's got that channel on uh, YouTube that reviews all the movies, all the TV channels, and things like that. He also does a wee bit about Man City as well. If you check that out. But, um, <laughs> How are you doing, Bernard? I've um, been looking at your your uh, your blog. You're you're doing some um, uh, very interesting uh, Manchester City history things. How are you doing? How's your last uh, couple of days been? I just want to apologise to Cole Palmer. I've been doing something on Cole Palmer for a little while since he left us, and of course, we don't, uh, sadly, with Mister Francis Lee. Um, uh, sadly passing away I've been obviously Cole Palmer's been put to one side so literally for the last since since obviously the day after the sad news of Mr Lee uh, I've been working on a little thing for him but uh, of course uh, that takes priority obviously over Mr uh, Cole Palmer so I'm keeping myself busy as I say I don't have an international break because I've got lots of history stuff to do so uh, lots of stuff coming out well, guys, we are going to get into this game uh, against Arsenal, but I do think that it, it is incumbent upon us to, to say a few words about Francis Lee. Now, Ray and I, we, we are kind of a similar age. I think um, uh, Francis Lee's best 
uh, days were a little bit before we were born, Ray, and a little bit after. But uh, Ray, uh, tell me, tell me something. Give me some of your uh, ideas about Francis Lee. Um, well, yeah, he was before our time, but he was a lovely bloke. I mean, you know, I'll only tell you about the one interaction that I can remember with him. I might have seen him a couple of times uh, at games after games, but there was there was one. A meeting I had back in 2019 in the November, I think November of 2019, and uh, he'd I can't remember the game. You know, I think we just battered somebody. Um, he, he was with his, I think, with his wife and a couple of late one or two lady friends, and uh, I think he'd had a, you know, a couple of halves, and he was in a good mood, and we we had a picture and I had a, a little word with him and said, look, we you know, uh, we want to do a. Um, a podcast on the boat from the blue about the Franny Lee years. Would you be interested? You know, could we get you you involved? And he was right, right up for it. And he said, I think he said, now, what did he say? I'm going away on holiday for the winter. Contact the club in February or something. And um, I'd be pleased to, you know, I'd be happy to do it. Then COVID came along and that kind of put a stop to a lot of activities. And even though it's a podcast and we could have done it on the on the on the phone or whatever, or, or like we are doing today in different countries on a computer. Um, but he was like right up for it. So that, that's my um, most recent memory. And then obviously the, the forward with Franny years, the four years that we had Franny, was it four years of, uh, of struggle that we had Franny when he appointed uh, his mate? And, well, he, he says it wasn't his mate. Was it Alan Ball? He appointed him. What a success that was. So that's, that's kind of what... Clive's my memory because that's that's those are the years I can remember. Franny Lee, he left City before you know I was only about four years old, I think, when he left City. So you know I don't remember his playing days at City. You'd have to ask Bernard about that. But it's a lovely bloke from you know from my experience, from my interaction with him. Yeah, he like from all concerned, he, he was a, a very lovely man. I think Bernard knows a little bit more. Um, I, I I actually had to ask my dad a little bit about uh, Franny Lee because uh, I, I was too young for it. But um, he ju- he he just described him as uh, as in this way. He said he didn't look like a footballer at all. He looked like a rugby player. Uh, my dad said, but he had a a, a powerful shot. He was aggressive. Um, he kept he he was very direct. Um, and um, I think um, we obviously, guys. If you if you've looked at the um, the BFTB archives, you can see that we did a um, we did a series on him. And from time to time, it was a bit critical. So I don't think it's um, it's quite right to put it out at the moment. But sort of Bernard, uh, that would have been maybe when you were a little bit younger. Um, you would have remembered him much better, I think. Yeah, I always, always when I look back at highlights of games, I always try and find myself uh, in the plat lane when obviously late 60s, uh, just into the early 70s, because obviously a lot of goals were scored that end. So every time, every time I see something replayed or watch an old game back and Franny and Bell and some of the other... All the, the uh, the elite, of course. Uh, I was I was trying to find myself, but I never do. I never quite managed to spot myself because you always just sit behind the goal. So I must be there somewhere, but it all happens far too fast. Are you recognise it by your bald head? No, I'm not. Yeah, Bernard, did you did yeah, you have yeah. a did you did yeah, you have yeah, a big haircut back then? 
Yeah, I was pretty hairy with me. I probably had my Parker on most of the time with me big hood up, but uh, my woolly hood, me a woolly hood, because uh, it was never warm. I don't ever, very rarely warm. The odd game at the start of the season, it was warm. But what a guy! I mean, it's it's a lovely bloke as Ray said. He, we only ever sort of had a few words with him but, uh, while he was a horse race trainer. We went to one of his. Uh, uh, I put some money on one of his nags as he told me to and he lost so. three-legged one <laughs> I, never, I never forgive him for that but uh, there you go well, that's the only time but as a kid I would have got his autograph of course coming out of that car park near um, near the main stand they used to park the cars on that little car park and then the players used to walk through uh, over to the players entrance at the side of that mate that little dodgy door it used to be in the old days that they used to walk so I would have got his autograph and stuff when I was a kid but uh, I said that was the only time but it just a genuine guy as I say and he, I think he bit off more than he could chew when he came back of course but he, he remains a hero even because his intentions were always always the best intentions and you know like, like us he would have been as happy when this takeover came and, and when the old sheet came in and we, we started winning things because he, he you know despite his dalliance with Bolton and, uh, and Derby he was always remained a, a City fan I think as well Well guys they're both from the Blue Podcast salutes Franny Lee we absolutely uh, appreciate uh, his legacy. But we've got to get on to Arsenal, guys. Arsenal. And I made a joke in, in the last uh, podcast, if you remember. I was wondering whether Ray would um, go dancing down um, outside um, the Arsenal Stadium. Um, and uh, it didn't quite work out this way. Guys, let's talk about the, the lineup first of all. Uh, Bernard, because it was a little bit strange. I, I was a little bit confused about Rico Lewis. Um, what did you think about the lineup for this game? I got ten right, so I don't. I don't know why you were confused. I think it was pretty much set. It was pretty much. I think me and Ray like probably in, in midfield. That. In midfield, though, Bernard, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think me and Ray had, had sort of sussed yeah. that out on on a preview show we did, and obviously in my little preview, the only difference I had was I had Stones in. I thought it'd be fit enough, but obviously Gvardiol stepping in was no big surprise. It was only going to ever be a Kanji or Gvardiol to replace Stones in my eleven. Uh, so yeah, I think most of us sort of went for that team that uh, that Pep put out, and we thought it'd do the job. Well, guys, as you know, I'm the stupid one. So I'm I'm, I'm going to ask Ray to explain um, why was it uncontroversial to play Rico Lewis in midfield? Um, because he's a great player. You know, as simple as that. Pep said as much. Pep said he's you know one of the best he's ever trained. And he's and he took and he, in this this is the press conference after um, the midweek game was it against Leipzig. Uh, he said he was one of the best he's ever trained. Um, and the way he you know. Uh, Finds the pockets, finds the spaces, um, and you know he comp- he compared. He, you know he mentioned that he's trained one of the best in Barcelona, Messi. That's high praise. And you've got to remember, Pep has also trained Xavi, Iniesta, David Silva, Yaya Toure, Sergio Aguero, you know uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Ilkay Gundogan. So all these players, and he's putting Rico Lewis up. And I, to be honest, I joke with Bernard that after all this praise, he's going to probably drop him now, <laughs> as he did with Doku. But so with all this praise, you know, the fact that Rico looks pretty comfortable, he still makes mistakes. You've got to remember, he's only 18 years old. But all these, his attributes and the high praise from Pep uh, led both Bernard and myself thinking that he would start in midfield. I, I actually thought he'd start alongside Kovacic 
as just in front of the back four, but Pep played him a bit further forward than that. And that I think that just shows his flexibility and versatility and, and how he's got the potential to be at City, a, a top player at City for, for many, many years to come. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bernard, apart, apart from that selection, was there anything else that surprised you or you wanted to comment on or, or was everything very much standard? Yeah, I mean, obviously Kovacic didn't really deserve the start because he was abysmal against Wolves, but uh, he obviously right. Pep didn't have a lot of option, did he, to, than to put him in. And I think... Calvin Phillips. Was, sorry? Calvin Phillips. What about him? I mean, we did say, we did say, we have talked about it. We did say that the way we played, um, obviously in hindsight, you may as well have stuck Phillips in because, you know, at least he would have had that DM and he might have been able to play a normal sort of formation rather than how we did play tactically, etc. You know, so we did we did say we may as well get put Phillips in and get beat as not put Phillips in and get beat. What's, what was the difference? But that was, that was hindsight. But of course, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, that was the best team. That was the best team he had available. If you, if Stones wasn't fully fit to start the game, then that was the probably the best team he had available. And I don't think there was there was too much uh, too much people complaining about it. Yeah, I, I'm going to. All right, we're, we're we had. Sorry, I'm going to agree with Bernard. I think he was probably one of the best sides we could put out um, when it was. The, you know, the team was released. Thought fantastic. It's the best side of, that we could put out. You could argue a little bit for Doku or. And even less for Grealish, but I thought it was it was a cracking cracking side. Uh, no, comp- I, I can't believe any City fan would have complained about that eleven. And surely it was good enough to compete and possibly beat Arsenal. Yeah, I think that's agreed. Now, guys, I I, I ran a number of polls that you may have seen on, on Twitter, and um, I, I was I was basically asking the the supporters. Uh, do we have any weaknesses in our squad? And one question that came up was, um, do we have a legitimate right-back competitive option for Kyle Walker? And we got a very interesting response. 33% said Rico Lewis, and 33% said nobody. Um, What do you think about that, Bernard? If Kyle Walker does not play... He's injured or whatever. Who do you expect to play at right back? Well, I don't think he worries too much about that position, does he? As such, I mean, if Walker, if Walker plays, is he a dedicated right back? I mean, we've got Lewis, we've got Stonesy, of course, who's played that position, and he just accepts. You know, we don't play a back four anyway. When do we ever play a back four? So, you know, so, uh, can you might shuttle across? He, he's, he, I don't think he's too worried, Pep. The way well, I'm worried because <laughs> we do get keep we, we do at the moment we have to score at least two goals to win games at the moment because we're very, clean sheets are very few and far between but uh, I think uh, Lewis is your obvious choice and Lewis then moves into midfield when he plays right back so it's no big deal like Walker moves up the pitch moves moves as an attacking option so I I think that's you know it's not a problem because we've got Lewis we've got Lewis and we've got Stone so for me it's not a real problem Yeah I mean we're absolutely massed at left back aren't we because we've got we can play Guardiola there we can play Ake there we can play Sergio Gomez there. 
Um, yeah, we can play. Back in the day, if it was back in the old days, and we were playing four three three or four two four four two. I'd, I'd worry, but it's not how we play, so it doesn't really matter. Like left back, it doesn't really matter that much as long as, long as we've got uh, we've got certain key players at the back that can play at the back. We're all right. Yeah, Ray. Um, the other uh, poll I put up, the the more controversial one, was um, why. Do you think that uh, Erling Haaland can't um, hit a barn door with a banjo at the moment? And I did get a lot of um, a lot of um, like responses to that. And the ma- the majority of them, Ray, were saying he's just not getting the service. No. Um, the other one was he's being unlucky. The no. other option I offered people was it's second season syndrome. No. And the final option I offered was um, people have worked him out. Um, now, he seems to be getting very, very close to goal. He's hitting the bar. He's hitting the post. He's going just wide. What is going on, Ray, in your opinion, with Erling Haaland? There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, there is the issue where he's not getting... In the last couple of games, he's certainly not had much service. His XG, his expected goals, kind of indicates that. The last game, it was 0.00. I think the one before that, it was something like 0.03 or something. So he's not getting... In the last couple of games, he's not... At least he didn't miss any, did he, against Arsenal? (laughs) He's 100% record of not missing. (laughs) So that's one issue. He's not getting good clear-cut chances in the last couple of games. That's you know You're not getting a chance, then you're going to struggle to score goals. I think that's pretty pretty obvious. Um, so that's one issue. I think another issue is, um, I don't, I'm not buying that he's unlucky. Where, where's he been unlucky? You know, he's got an open goal to hit and he hits it wide. Where's the unluckiness in that? You're unlucky if you have a great shot and like the keeper makes a fingertip save or, you know, something, you know, something like that, you know, where it's requiring excellent skill from the opposition. Or it takes a deflection and goes wide. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, missing open goals, sorry, that's not unlucky. Lack of confidence, arrogance, laziness. You could argue bits and pieces of of things. I said last season, I said it last season, I think he lacked a point when he wasn't scoring for a few games. He lacked confidence because his shooting was poor. It really was. And people will turn around and say he scored eight goals in eight games in the league. What you're on about, you idiots, you know, you're bald-headed this and that. You know, we'll get some abuse for this. But it's true. Yes, he's a flat-track bully at times. He is. He scored a couple of goals here. He scored three goals against Fulham when we were tonking him. Um, He scores a penalty, you know. So there is some of that. The exceptional goals that he was scoring last season... We really haven't seen them this season where he's sticking out that telescopic leg and hooking a ball in from that he he has no right to get to. And it's not just from KDB passes. He's not getting, uh, I don't think, enough quality through balls. That's one of the reasons is is KDB. Um, Amongst everything else, it's his own fault because he could, honestly, you can look at the goals he's missed. He could have had 15 goals easily this season. He's missed bundles of goals, absolute bundles of very, very good chances. But also, the way we were set up on Sunday against Arsenal didn't really play to any of his strengths. We played very narrow. There was very little creativity coming from the middle. And then we played narrow up front. So we were not getting great crosses in behind the defence for Haaland to run onto or for him to using his 
physical presence. You know, he's six foot four, six foot five to get on the end of to head um, or use his, uh, his reach to get there. We weren't doing any of that. So what chances have Bob Bugger got? He's got very little chance. We weren't creating for him. And it's the way Pep was set up. We set up in the last game to be very tight, to not give too much away, maybe not to create much. And we didn't create much. We had one of the worst uh, number of shots um, in a game ever. Four, yeah, it was only four. But I don't know, you know, since, since is that since Pep's been here or since in Pep's whole career? It was appalling. Um, and um, so p- partly I blame Haaland because when he's had these good chances, he's been missing some chances that even thee and me might have scored scored from so he's missed some some easy chances and he's not had many chances he's not had quality passes in the last few games because he's got there's no creativity there's no been no Rodri obviously there's no KDB there's no Gundogan other people aren't stepping up so it's a team around him and also he's not involved in games now that's the way Pep wants it so blame the manager don't blame the kid okay Bernard um, let me just um Give you a little cricketing analogy that I heard on, on Twitter. I don't, I don't know how uh, familiar familiar you are with um, cricket. I know Ray is, but um, there was a guy that came along um, called Graham Hick, and he was supposed to be the new Ian Botham, no, and he actually he actually uh, earned the name Flat Track Bully because whereas Ian Botham used to take all of the you know, the West Indian fast bowlers and hit them for six. Um, uh, Graham Hick was a guy that just went round the country and just scored hundreds. Ray will remember this yeah. um, against um, all kinds. But when it came up against uh, pressure in test situations, he didn't quite do the same things that Ian Botham used to do. Would you agree maybe with some people that say that Erling Haaland is a flat track bully. If you play him against Burnley, if you play him against uh, Bournemouth, if you play him against uh, some of the lower teams, he'll score you a dozen. But when it actually counts in big games, is he like Riyad Mahrez? Does does he bottle it? What, what do you think? No, I mean, obviously, we've we played against him, haven't we? We've played against uh, Haaland and uh, done OK against him. I mean, we never saw anything to particularly worry us, you know, when, when he's played against City for previously for Dortmund, etc. cetera. Uh, I'm sure someone will have stats on what he does against the big teams. I don't have these to hand. I don't raise any no. more intelligence on not, that. Was, no, it's not not great numbers from what yeah, I mean. I mean, but I don't, as you, as you say, Ray's quite right. He, you know, it's, it's all right getting three against Fulham and we're tonking them, uh, you know, four or five goals. It's, it's, he's, it's these sort of games, but you can't blame him against Arsenal because he, he just didn't get the service. It's as simple as that. But, but he, he has had the service in games leading up to that and not quite, uh, you know, if, if, he, if he needs four four tries to get one goal, unfortunately, if he's only getting two or three goals, well, well, he's not the, scoring, is he? The start, I did hear a start that he's gone from scoring a goal from every one in three shots to to one in every four. That might not mm. sound like much, but if you're having 20 shots, um, that's the difference between having scoring 
seven goals in five goals, yeah. which does doesn't make surprise me. It doesn't surprise me one iota. There, there is a problem there, but, you know, I mean, look at the Saliba thing. I mean, last year, you probably would have knocked that guy, you know, he got knocked over by him, didn't he, on the halfway line, one little thing. And I think last year, perhaps he would have knocked Saliba flying. There's just something not quite right. He fell over once or twice, didn't he, when he, when he was sort of near the box. Um, but, yeah, well, no, well, it's, say it's, it's could be second year thing, but uh, we just have to stick with him and keep going, and he needs to get his confidence back. But uh, unless create anything, he's, he's not going to get that chance. Well, let's ask Ray about that Arsenal team. Now, one of the things in the first half that was kind of comical, I think, for everyone, not just City fans, was the fact that their goalkeeper uh, David Rea uh, tried to do his best. Um, Ederson impression but he does not have the footwork of Ederson that's definitely true Ray would you not say that, um, yeah David Ray doesn't he's certainly not he's, he's not Patrick and Edison yeah <laughs> this slight chalk and cheese buddy um, no no David Ray he's not got the confidence of Edison he makes so many mistakes you know in, um, in, in the game against City I, I'm, I, I try to be Bernard after this the day after, we said, I'm surprised he was obviously, obviously nervous, obviously making mistakes. Why couldn't we put him under more pressure? Why couldn't we, you know, every time he, he got the uh, back pass, put him under severe pressure, give him no time. The same way, you know, when Alvarez did it, we, we were unlucky not to get a, a lucky ricochet uh, when he closed him down and, you know, he, he kicked it against Alvarez. Why couldn't we do that more often? Why couldn't we take some longer-range shots? He's, he was nervous. He flapped it across. Why did we just leave him alone? You know, it was a negative attitude from the players, I think, which stems from the manager. Uh, and we just didn't do enough, in my opinion, to put him under pressure. Well, Ray, um, sort of, uh, Bernard, you, you are a goalkeeper, or you used to be. Uh, you saw the performance of uh, Rea. Um, and I was a little bit confused about why... Uh, people like Julian Alvarez and Phil, uh, Phil Foden were not putting him under extreme pressure because he looked like he didn't know what he was doing. To be honest with you, part of, as I say, we mentioned the Alvarez thing. I mean, it was always probably Ireland who was nearest to him, and Ireland's not very mobile at getting up and putting him under pressure, is he? That's a problem. And the other, the other guys weren't up the field far enough. They were probably back defending uh, the way we played so we never got that option Alvarez was probably told not to not to sort of harass him too much because he'd be too far up the pitch and he wanted him a bit more in midfield uh, that was a problem it was Harland's probably uh, opportunity to harass him but Harland, Harland isn't that type of player He's, he, he hasn't got the pace he hasn't got the, the thing to actually uh, close a keeper down he's, he's too he's too lumbering he, he's not able to do it and unfortunately he was the guy most of the time that was closest to the keeper but as Ray said there we should have put him under a lot more pressure but hey we, we just didn't he, he was there for the taking and, and we let him off Ray, when KDB comes back, will he come back as we remember him? Do you think? <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> if we rush him back, he probably won't. Um, I don't know. It'll take him a few games to get back into the uh, into his stride. But he's generally, when he's been injured, come back and he's been all right. So you would like to think that the same will apply when he'll come back. It'll take him a few weeks to get into gear. And then he'll be right. I'm not worried about KDB, um, you know, being a different player. 
he might be he might have lost a bit of pace. Who know, we don't know, you know. But I, I just think even at his, uh, he's still not old. He'll be right. Don't worry about it. Bernard, let's talk about Rodri. Now, a lot of City fans were thinking, well, okay, so we've lost Rodri for a few games, but hey, we've got Mateus Nunes, we've got Kovacic, and we've got Calvin Phillips. Um, it hasn't really worked out the way that we thought. I mean, I thought the best of those three, uh, personally, it was uh, Mateus Nunes, but I, I just don't think, Bernard, that he's got the confidence of Pep at the moment. Although, when I looked at the highlights, he didn't put a foot wrong. He did do a lot of sideways passing, I think. But he looks like a secure player, as far as who, I can see. Anyway, about? Who are you talking about there? Uh, Nunes, Nunes, Nunes. Uh, Nunes was, was adequate when he came on. Uh, he probably should have been on all the game. Uh, we could have easily been down to 10 men with uh, Mr. Kovacic, absolute idiot. Uh, you know, we, we don't learn from things. I mean, it's just pointless, isn't it? I mean, you know, say I said to Ray in one of the things, I think we found, we sort of finding out why Chelsea perhaps got rid because he's only got one, one way of tackling and that, he puts himself on the ground every time and uh, can cause these problems for himself. And uh, I thought Nunes, when he came on, uh, well, probably have played a better role actually against Arsenal. He'd been on from the start. I thought no, Nunes was a better, better option. But uh, the fact we don't know how to play when Rodri's not around is a big worry because uh, what happens if he gets injured? Well, you know, perhaps now we've lost Gundo, etc. Uh, we are struggling, and he is relying on Rodri too much. But obviously, we we struggle without him. It's as simple as that. I mean, the the facts are there. It's not just stats. It's, we can see it in our with our own eyes as well how we struggle, and we do struggle without Rodri. And other teams know that. So perhaps Rodri will be getting a few more kicks over the next uh, few games when he comes back. But uh, he shouldn't. Have, he should have been there in the first place. It's only because he's he's cost us that as well, be, be doing what he did. So he's just as culpable for us uh, losing a couple of league games on the trot as anybody else. Well, Ray, I, 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 um, I, I'm impressed by Nunes, but uh, let's put my particular opinions aside. Uh, run your rule over that first half, Ray. What, what, what was your overriding impression? Um, boring, mostly. I mean, it's like most of the game. Um, it's, yeah, it's not very different to most of the game. It was overall, I found it a difficult watch. Um, we were not dynamic. We were very slow most of the time in our build-up. We give Arsenal, who were there, who paid us a lot of respect because they were obviously without Saka and Martinelli didn't start. They um, they weren't all over us, which was a bit of a surprise. I thought they'd have a bit more of a go at us because the win was more important to them than us, I think. Um, and... Yeah, we were slow build-up play, lack of creativity, lack of dynamism, lack of uh, wing play, lack of everything, you know. I, I don't know, lack of energy. Um, am I lacking in any lackings there, Bernard? No, I mean, it's uh, the only thing lacking was uh, a, goal, a goal for anybody yeah. because they're lucky. I mean, I thought Jesus worried us. I thought he worried us down the right. Uh, you know, and Jesus is a good player. We know he is. But uh, even though they didn't have Saka, I thought they came into it and did, did sort of the, the last 10 or 15 minutes. So, you know, I think, oh, this is, is going to be a nightmare in the second. I'll take a draw. I, I think I said to Ray, I'll take a draw all day long from about the 15th, 20th minute once we had a couple of chances and didn't do out. 
Uh, it was awful the first half. Of course, it, as Ray said, it just deteriorated as it went on. Let me let me ask Bernard this question. Now, this was uh, quite an interesting um, uh, uh, comment from uh, Chris Sutton. I don't usually respect too much of what he says, but he did say that um, in in Ketia and uh, Gabriel Jesus, they do not have a clinical striker. And Chris Sutton reckons that's going to decide the league. Uh, Bernard, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm not, I don't worry about what I saw of Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal will probably say the same about us. I'm not worried about them at all, based on what I saw in this game. But we know they can be better, and we know we can be better. I, he's probably right, because they don't have... They don't, but, uh, we've got Ireland, but if he's not putting the goal and the ball in the net, I mean, we've got the same problem, haven't we, as Chris Sutton's uh, implying there. But... Uh, we think we can, uh, but yeah, Arsenal got problem. Arsenal, we thought Arsenal finish we wouldn't finish top when we predicted the season because of who they bought and how they're, how they're doing. But if he can get his midfielders like Pep does, if Arteta does the same with his midfielders, you know the the Martinez of this world scoring goals like you know fluky goals, uh, anything can happen. But uh, I'm not worried about Arsenal, but I'm more worried about us at the moment and get Rodri back and let's get firing. Ray. Um... Do Arsenal with Inketia and Jesus and Martinelli and maybe even Odegaard, do, do they have the players to beat yeah. us to the league title? Yeah, they showed that last season. They finished second. If they hadn't imploded at the end of the season, they'd, I think they would have won it. They imploded, although they would have been much, much closer to winning it. Um, you know, you can't say they're going to win every game, but they imploded. So, Surely, they, if they've got the same players they had last season, they've added some strength to it. You know, Declan Rice is improving them. Um, and a couple of other purchases, I'm not sure about Havertz, but uh, overall, I think Arsenal are a stronger team. So why can't they? You know, it'd be extremely naive and arrogant to think um, that they've, they're not in with the shout this season. Uh, Bernard, let's go into the second half. Were you expecting a big reaction? From who? <laughs> I didn't expect from, from us, from, from from City. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect any half-time changes. That's not. I thought Kovacic would have been hooked, but uh, obviously not, uh, because he, he sort of kept. Pep was quite sure that he wasn't going to commit any more fouls. I think I don't think any of us were, but at that yeah, point in time. But yeah. I, th I think once he took the plunge, I think Arsenal were braver. I think Arteta was braver putting uh, Martinelli straight in, and he saw an immediate change, didn't you? For certainly for ten or fifteen minutes, and then it sort of went all into a, into what the first half was again. So once he didn't get that breakthrough the first 10-15 minutes you could see Arsenal were happy with the draw and City were happy with the draw throughout this match so there was you know it's going to be a, a hard watch that second half Ray Kovacic is a very interesting player I mean he's obviously a, a highly decorated um, player he's won pretty much everything in the game. He's only 29. He's 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 not that old, but um he just doesn't seem to have recovered from that injury um very well. It seems to me anyway. What what do you think? No, I disagree. I I think uh, he spent most of the season uh, alongside playing alongside Rodri. Playing alongside Rodri, he's looked good. Very very good because Rodri is doing what Rodri does and what no one else can do, as we've seen. Um, so I, I'm, I'm actually thinking 
Um, Well, let's see. Let's see when Rodri's back, how good Kovacic is. But I just think he has the freedom because Rodri's covering his backside. Um, So he doesn't have to put in that many tackles. And and he's got more time when when he does. Without Rodri, he's the man who who feels he has to do all the work and he's not up to it. So um, I I, I don't know. But I, I, I think we'd have to wait and see. Um, you know, he's had two poor games after having several, seven or eight pretty good games. I don't think he's fallen off a cliff. I just think the loss of Rodri is huge. And I think it has an impact on um, uh, Kovacic as well. Ray, is that, um, I'm sorry, Bernard, is that overrated? I mean, every single man jack of anyone on social media is uh, attributing our losses to the loss of uh, Rodri. Is he that important uh, in your view? Uh, has it been that pivotal? Well, it's just the position he plays, isn't it? It's Pep's, it's Pe- you know, it's Pep's little baby, isn't it? That, that's the position that, I mean, Fernandinho... I mean, we, we used to joke about him, didn't we, that he couldn't turn in a, turn in a turning circle. Um, I think and now, and now everyone's saying that he's the, he's the, he's the main man. Listen, if, you, if someone gets hyped up like that, other other people mentally start believing it. Other 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 clubs, other players, they start believing this is an aura. There's an aura about Rodri at the moment, and we've obviously it's a good thing to have. And of course, uh, so all these little little faults, and he does have faults. He's not perfect by any means, you know. Misplaced passes and stuff like this in games. There's an aura now, and he's got it. It's as simple as that. Same way Ferner used to have it, and we thought, who the hell can replace Ferner? You know, but uh, and it's unfortunately, if he's not there, <laughs> the teams aren't as worried. Then you know they get stuck in, and perhaps uh, it's not as obvious. But yeah, I mean, Rodri, Rodri is just uh, you know everyone reckons certainly City fans, and I think most opponents fans would want him as their DM if they play that sort of, that sort of tactic, which uh, a lot of teams try and play anyway. But I was quite impressed with Rice. I must admit on. Uh, on Sunday, I thought Declan Rice had a, a pretty good game for a, overall a, a poor game. Here's something I, I'm going to chuck this in, Mike. Sorry, we we're looking at it and saying, "Well, we're blaming a lot of people are blaming Rodri for all this." Where's Pep? What about Pep? Because we've got Pep cannot adequately cover for Rodri. Right? Look, if we argue, there's no one else in the world like Rodri. Okay, and there isn't. He, he's the best miles. Okay, by miles. We're, that's what we're arguing. Why haven't we got an adequate replacement? Pep must have had, surely, Pep and Cheeky. Uh, um, look, they've had a lot of great decisions, but we can say they made some bad ones. If Pep's not trusting Phillips, well, who bought Phillips? Cheeky and Pep. Surely Pep had a say. Uh, maybe, you know, you can't, as I said, you're allowed to make get something wrong. But in the summer, we went out and bought Kovacic and Nunes. We got Kovacic and Nunes. So, um, you know, are they covering for Rodri? If we knew, which we did, that we didn't want Phillips, we were happy to sell him or send him out on loan, then we knew we didn't have a replacement for Rodri. So surely we should have got somebody. So, you know, the fact that we didn't have Rodri, then you're asking Pep to earn his corn. To but actually- Ray, here's the question. If you, if you buy someone as good as Rodri, is he going to be um, satisfied to sit on the bench? No, you're not going to buy somebody as good as Rodri. We know that. Or, you know, we saw with Declan Rice, Declan Rice didn't have the balls to take on Rodri because he knew Declan Rice knew he couldn't compete with Rodri. All this rubbish about Declan Rice wants to play for Arsenal and blah, 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 and stay in London, blah, blah, blah. The, the bottom line is Declan Rice didn't want to be on the bench, in my opinion, because um, Rodri just cleans the floor with him. 
Um, yes, I, I agree as well that somebody else would uh, of almost equal standing to Rodri wouldn't want to be on the bench, but shouldn't wouldn't they want to say actually and challenge themselves and say I'm better than Rodri? I'll push him out. That's how you get you know how some players get to be well basically to replace uh, superstars. You know, it's like Alvarez is going to be looking at Haaland and says, I can push him out. I can be better than him. You know, I can play up top. I have to show that, you know, Alvarez isn't going to be content being a second string. So we can't get somebody of equal presence to Rodri. We should have got somebody else who would have had the potential to be, uh, to maybe get as good as Rodri or at least had the current ability to be, 80% or 90% of a Rodri. Kovacic is miles off that. Nunes isn't that. And Phillips certainly isn't that. So why have we ended up without plan B? And that's what Pep's got to come up with. Pep has to come up with a plan B. Same as Haaland's not scoring for Toffee. So where's our plan B? Well, our plan B is let's take some other people off and leave Haaland on and still not create for him. You know, I'm jumping back to that, but, you know, we're pointing the finger at Pep. You know, he took Alvarez off. Hang on. Why don't you get you're doing the same thing again and again and again? And it's not working. Take Haaland off, put Alvarez up top, and see what difference that makes. Put somebody else on Grealish or whoever and play with a false nine. Why couldn't we have done something different? So, you know, um, I, I, I'm going to say I'm not going to put a, a lot of a blame on Kovacic or whoever. I'm going to say Pep, it's up to Pep. He's played the big books, he's done such a wonderful job for us in the over so many years. But I want to call it out and say on this occasion, the last two games especially, he's got it wrong and badly wrong and it's cost us in both games. All right, let me let me go over to Bernard for a controversial question because Pep did admit that there is an interview, I've actually got it right here on my phone where Pep says that Declan Rice uh, would not have been um, satisfied with being a substitute for Rodri. Um, that's pretty much what he would have been. I don't think anyone would agree with that, uh, would disagree with that. But uh, uh, Bernard, uh, one of the things that um, the Guardian writers were saying, I think it was Jonathan Wilson, some of, uh, some of his friends were saying that uh, Calvin Phillips is dead at Man City. So they're talking about Liverpool, they're talking about Everton, they're even talking about Aston Villa. Is that true, Bernard? Is Calvin Phillips' Man City career pretty much over? It looks that way, but I mean, obviously things can change. But if he's not going to put him in, and like, like I say, we lost at Arsenal, um, you know, we lost at Wolves. Um, what what difference would it have made to, for Pep to have faith in him and use him? But obviously, he's not got the faith to put him in. So if he's not, Pep isn't willing to put him in in his position that he was bought for. Uh, what is the point? Because he can't play anywhere else. So, <laughs> so what is the point of him being there? Ray, stick your neck out. Is Calvin Phillips' uh, Man City career finished? Well, Pep said so, if you read between the lines. <laughs> you know, and we've seen it. As Pep Bernard said, he couldn't get a start against Wolves. He couldn't, and after a poor display against Wolves, he couldn't get a start against Arsenal. But Ray, the, the guy hasn't got a run in the team. Yeah, but he will not get a run in the team because Pep, doesn't trust him. I said it last season. He wouldn't drop Rodri and give him a rest, even though he's burning Rodri out. And he basically said, I do not trust him. That's it. So, um, and, and the other things Pep said, he's a lovely lad. Well, <laughs> what does that mean? He's a lovely lad. You know, if that's the best thing you can say about somebody, he works hard and he's a lovely lad. 
it tells you there's nothing there. There's nothing there for, for, for Calvin. It's a shame, but that's the truth. All right, lads, lads let's, uh, let's go on to the goal. Uh, obviously, it was uh, 86 minutes. It was looking uh, like I, I'm pretty sure Bernard would tell you it was looking for all the world like a draw. I would I, I would challenge Bernard to to, but um, four minutes from the end, uh, we had a deflected uh, goal from uh, Nathan Ake. Uh, what do you say, Bernard? Bad luck. Well, it was, but at least Arsenal were getting in and around the box to get a shot, weren't they? We weren't. We'd give up. We'd give up even having a goal. We'd even give up, you know, with four minutes left after they scored the goal. All right, they celebrated for about three minutes. We only got four minutes extra time, which is another uh, joke, because obviously they've knocked all this extra time on the head, haven't they? Injury time. Uh, uh, substitutes was eight, I think, in the second half, wasn't there? Uh, you know, so the four minutes was ridiculous. But we wouldn't have scored anyway, because we didn't even look, you know, we still tapped it around. You know, we were a goal down. Let's just throw caution to the wind and just go for it, guys. You know, put Edison up front, do something because we lost the game and we didn't we didn't show any interest. But at least Arsenal, when they scored, at least they had people in and around the box and they had a guy. Even if Walker had a shot uh, from thirty yards, I might have forgive him because at least it, it's a shot. And all Martinelli did, he, he, I think Edison would have probably coped with it because he was aiming for that top corner, of course. Uh, I think Edison was already moving where the ball was going to go, so I don't think it would have been a goal. And you get a bit of luck, and, but at least they had men in and around the box to have a, have a ping. What do we do? Absolutely sod all for most of that second half. And of course, when it comes to it, we had eight minutes to pull it around. Well, well probably about six minutes once he celebrated and we got the injury time. But did we, you know, for five minutes, Hail Mary's, but we didn't even do that. So all credit to Arsenal. At least they, they got men in the box and had a go. We, we did now, even though they didn't deserve to win it. They probably did a little bit more than we did. Ray, uh, do you agree with that? Was it bad luck? Or uh, as Bernard says, they deserved it for at least their, their efforts? Um, well, we didn't deserve to win. Let's put it that way. And it if we're honest about it, if you look at our season so far, there's been a few games that we've been lucky in where other teams haven't taken their chances and we, we've, we've, we've snuck by. You know, if you look at our results this season, let's have a, a quick think about this. If you look at some of the results, how many games have we won by the odd goal? There's been a few. There's been a few games that we've won by the odd goal and we've every time we've won by the odd goal, we've turned around and said, ah, that's what champions do. <laughs> yeah. Here we have, but we've been lucky, uh, and there's not there's not denying that. You know, we beat Sheffield United by two goals to one. We beat Newcastle by one goal to nil. Burnley, yes, we spanked them against the, in the Community Shield. We drew one all. Uh, Super Cup, we drew one all. Um, so it's you know even against all right, Nottingham Forest, we lost. A, uh, I had a player sent off. We, I think we'd have beat them quite comfortably more than the, the two goals we beat them by. But there's been a few games where we've you know, um, struggled to to get the result that we didn't actually deserve in some of them. So, you know, we got what we deserved out of this game. If you go there looking for a draw, putting the effort in for a draw, then you should at best get a draw. Arsenal were shit. 
that's the, that's the truth. And all those Arsenal fans, a few of them come onto my my channel and, and, and called us, you know, crybabies and clowns and salty and bitter. The thing is, Arsenal was shit. That's it. They got lucky. They won a game, and suddenly they're world beaters. That's you know, that's how they're treating it. If if we'd got lucky with the goal and, and won that one nil, they'd be crying about it, you know, and saying we were shit. But suddenly Arsenal have become this fantastic team. I'm not buying it. You know, we're still better than them. Uh, but we didn't deserve to win. They had the shot. They got lucky. Um, it is what it is, as Pep would say. It is what it is. We didn't deserve more than what we got, really. Maybe we deserved the point because Arsenal were no better than us. So, Bernard, let's uh, let's summarise, shall we? Um, a few key missing players. That's what we're talking about? Well... <laughs> two, if we call two uh, key missing players, yes, it is players. Two, two players, so it is us players. Uh, yeah, but we can't build around. We can't win a, a title. We can't go a four, you know four a four p. We can't win the Champions League on the basis that we we, we need KDB and Rodri. We you know we've got to perhaps be a little bit better than that. And some of these guys who we thought hit the ground running, um, we're going to have to see a little bit more, aren't we? And as I say I'm, I'm not overly unimpressed with Nunes I'm not overly unimpressed with Doku uh, Kovacic has a bit of work to do now as Ray said as soon as he's back next to Rodri he might look like a, a superstar again but yeah we, we can't win a league with relying on KDB and Rodri we, we have to be you know we should at worst have beat Wolves and drawn with Arsenal with that team we've got and we've let ourselves down and Pep, Pep's let us down the team let us themselves down and they've let us down because we should have been capable of going into this international break on still on top of that league and now we've given people like Tottenham and Arsenal uh, hope uh, hope again and we've got to come back firing because we've got some big games and we, we've got a We've got to prove, we've got to prove that we're capable of doing this, and we are the team that Ray and you and I all think we are. But we're going to have to do a lot better than we have the last couple of games. Couple of well, big question, big question for Ray here. Ray, you've 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 seen it's we're only eight games in, of course, but you've seen all of the top six. Um, is there any team there that that makes you tremble? Um, Manchester City. Apart from City, I mean, uh, uh, of the of the other ones, is there any one of them that kind of raises your blood pressure even slightly? Well, I wouldn't say they raise my blood pressure, but I'd say that um, there's plenty of teams in with a shout for the title this season. I think Spurs have shown with their resolution, to, you know, coming back a couple of times this season when they looked out. Uh, coming back with 10 men and winning a game. So they've shown their resolution. They're unbeaten, top of the table. Arsenal have shown, again, uh, you know, resolution. And you can see, for all the times we can say they were lucky, sometimes you deserve your luck. Look at how many times we've been lucky in the past. You know, we've, we've, we've all, as I said earlier, we've said it's a, it's a hallmark of champions. Well, maybe Arsenal's luck is a hallmark of champions, grinding out results, getting an undeserved win against City. Um, Liverpool, I said Liverpool will be up, up there. I think the uh, signings of Shobishly and McAllister for two are, are very good. I, I said Darwin Nunes will probably come good this season. They've got some good attacking players. They've revamped their midfield. I think they'll be up there challenging for the title. I think Aston Villa and Brighton, whilst they might not be challenging for the title, they'll have a big say in the title because they're good teams. And they'll be taking points off 
the teams in the top four. Uh, apart from that, I think Chelsea might have an impact here and there. United might have a, a their part to play because. Oh, do me a favor, Ray. Come on. No, 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 no. They, they'll have. A, oh, oh, Mike, how many times did we beat United last season? That's true. That's true. All right, we beat them twice and they beat us once. But okay, that was that look, that cheating goal. Uh, but we Pep has a problem against United. So I'm not saying they're going to be in, the, in with a shout for the top four or the title. I said they'll have an impact. And if we lose to United, yes, they'll have had an impact. So. Um, it's going to be a tough all season. We're going to have to pull our fingers out. Quickly. Okay, let's go over to Bernard as we're coming to the end. Uh, Bernard, you've seen the top six. Um, any heart palpitations about any of them? Uh, are, 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 are you frightened of any of them or any of them a serious threat? I'm not worried about them as long as we play as we should be playing. I'll, I'll tell you what, we will know by early December, won't we? Because we've got uh, Brighton, United, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Aston Villa. There you go. There's a Bournemouth's in there as well. But that <laughs> that will by by early December, mate. We'll we'll know exactly how we stand as a team and whether we're going to go on. I don't worry about any of those teams, but we're going to have to prove it on the pitch. It's as simple as that. And as I say, those next, <laughs> those, you know, they're all the next games coming up, including Bournemouth in the middle of those, which is probably the easier one. So, uh, yeah, we'll know. It won't be long. We won't have long to wait to know whether this City team is, is capable of, uh, of sort of almost reaching the heights of last season, which was fantastic, of course it was. But we will know very, very quickly, guys, I'm, I'm afraid. We'll, we'll know one way or the other by uh, mid-December. All right, guys, we're nearly finished now, but let's ask Ray. Ray, you've seen the other results of the other games. Was there anything that... Uh, piqued your fancy or anything that uh, surprised you or anything that you were impressed by? Nah, not really. I mean, I was just had Spurs coming to win with 10 men. Uh, Liverpool, uh, you know, they were, you could argue, obviously, we, people have talked about the bad refereeing decision, um, po- possibly costing them and then finishing with nine, nine men and then losing. That was a bit unlucky. Um but um, no, you know, United coming luckily, but there's nothing major there. You know, Arsenal won, Spurs won, Liverpool for unfortunate to lose, Brighton doing all right. Um, and um, who's the other one? A Villa, Villa as well. So n- nothing. No Newcastle, Everton, Newcastle will still come good. Yeah, Newcastle will come good. Everton winning. That surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bernard, what's next for Man City? Well, Brighton next. So let's get that done. Then it's young boys and then it's, of course, uh, the derby, isn't it? So, uh, as I say, it's just the start of a very busy, busy couple of months and a very important couple of months for City because we need to progress in the Champions League as well and put that to bed as soon as we can. So, uh, Brighton next. So, at least we're at home. So, let, let's kick off. Let's One game at a time and let's stuff them. Will you be going to that game, uh, Bernard? At home, yeah, yeah, Brighton. I'll go to all the home games. Yeah, that's no problem. I've, I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm nothing planned away at the moment. They're all uh, beyond my uh, realms of ticket points at the moment. Ray, do Brighton have any um, fears for you at all? No. no um, if, look, they're a good side, but we've got we've got to win. Simple as that. You know, I've got to say we've got to come out fighting. We should have everybody fit, hopefully, um, and we just got to come out fighting. Um, we've got to, we've got mm-hmm. got to win. Well, guys, we did see the second half uh, appearance of John Stones. Um, we're nearly finished now, Bernard. Um, does uh, 
does he seem like he's um, pretty much back in the mix? Yeah, yeah, it's but let's you know we know John Stones will be injured again in a, in a few weeks, so that's how it is. <laughs> it's fact, isn't it? We can't. He's not going to play from now till the end of the season because he's going to get injured again. Simple as that. But while he's there, we'll make use of him. All right, all right. Well, guys, let's finish off now. Uh, just before we do that, we always have this little section called AOB. Any other business, guys? Is there anything that crossed your fancy? Um, that you want to talk about or are we done? We don't. We're done, mate, aren't we? I think we're done. Let City do the talking for us when we come back. Okay. That'll do for me. Guys, um, you have been listening to uh, Ray. Let's have Ray's final thoughts. Yeah, we're just going to come back fighting again. We can't uh, take any more losses. Three, out, three losses in the last four games is pretty poor. We weren't worried about the League Cup, but the League games uh, are disappointing. And uh, Pep's going to have to stop sitting on his thumb and pull his thumb out of his backside and uh, do some coaching. <laughs> oh, it's true. He's, who else do you want to blame? Point the finger. He's the manager. All right. Let's have Bernard's final thoughts and then we'll finish off. Yeah, just echo what Ray said. He's, he's, uh, hey, listen, it's not the end of the world. Um, of course, it'll be... We'll, 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 we'll do it. As soon as, as soon as he comes back, we'll, we'll be fine. It's absolutely... We'll, be, we'll beat Brighton. Um, Calvin Phillips will be, will be the DM for that game, and uh, we'll go on. We'll go on from there. But uh, no, uh, we're not worried, are we? Let's face it. Peppel, Peppel, sort it. He's a genius. He'll sort it out. Well, let's finish off here, guys. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you after the next game. So until then, as usual, have one of us and up the blues. Up the super blues. Up the blues. Up the super blues.